Hey, new pinball game. Hands off. Forget it. Why? Because it's a collector's item. It doesn't even work right. It's missing a critical piece. Now, go play the games outside. All I wanted to do, Out. but... Out. I'm here with my friends. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. Hey, I'm Justin. Um, and this is episode 162. We're talking Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Pinball Wizard. Yeah, uh, this is an episode that we've really been wanting to get to for since the start. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this think, is uh, kind of a classic one. Yeah, we. I think we both have a fondness for it. Although, in my research, it doesn't seem like all Are You Afraid of the, Are You Afraid of the Dark fans are totally united behind this one. There's oh. I think some some division. Um, Justin, you've you've been kind of like just in frequent contact with us since the start. Uh, we consider you, you know, part of the family here at Big Orange Couch. And it seemed like we were long overdue on doing an episode on uh, Pinball Wizard, and th- this was your pick. What what kind of uh, what kind of spurred this episode is one you wanted to talk about? Well, I had a few in mind that I thought when you guys had given me the platform to say, you know, what episode I would like to do. There were a few in mind. Um, what I really think about this, and I feel like the three of us were all relatively the same age, grew up in the same time, you know. Um, I feel like the pinball wizard, it kind of speaks to our culture as our generation. Um, you know, I think one of the things that are interesting is I feel like our generation was one of the first to have video games and gaming as more than just the thing you do on rainy days. It really became something like a social status, a thing that you you know would talk about. So I really think it's very 90s, late 80s feeling of um, just all these things together. You know, the content of the episode. Some of the things in the episode I made note of felt very reminiscent of my 90s childhood. So I just think there's a lot of nostalgia in it. Definitely. I mean, uh, even even beyond the gaming, just the mall setting, like <laughs> that, that this whole episode is set in a giant mall. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and the um, use of the pay phones, like everything kind of in this episode is really uh, a weirdly dated now, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, this episode aired. Uh, well, it's the it was the finale to season one. Uh, it aired November 14th, 1992. Uh, and um, a great I mean, Andrew, and I, Andrew, you and I have talked about it. A great first season. Oh yeah, um, and this is a, and this is a great capper. Um, I was thinking about this a little bit. Uh, I'll go through them here so you guys can kind of see where you think this ranks. This is a Gary story, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I'm just gonna go through his resume here real fast, and I want <laughs> I want you guys to try to tell me where you, where you think Pinball Wizard would would be near on that list. Uh, so he tells us super specs. Pinball Wizard, Magician's Assistant, Carved Stone, Crimson Clown, uh, Cutter's Treasure, you know, a co-Frank, co 
uh, Renegade Virus, Unfinished Painting, Door Unlocked, and Tale of Badge. Man. Where do you where do you feel like a uh, pinball wizard is in his resume? Top, middle, bottom? I feel like it's in the top three for sure. I didn't realize some of those other other stories were his right off the bat. Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely top three for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's toward the top. Um, man, going over those like Gary's got a wide variety of um, like quality of episodes. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, door unlocked, unfinished painting aren't necessarily uh, crown well, jewels. Huh, okay. What? What? You don't, you don't like door unlocked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been through this. I yeah, part of my problem with Gary is his. Uh, I, I don't love the Sardo episodes. I mean, I like yeah. the character of Sardo, but to me. I mean, give me actually that my three favorite of Gary's are the ones without Sardo, Pinball Wizard, Crimson Clown, and uh, Renegade Virus. Oh man, I might have to put Super Specs above um, Crimson Clown. Yeah, I suspect I you do would. love Super Specs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Super Specs would be my one, my number one, and this may be number two. Mm-hmm. Um, Renovate. Uh, Renegade Virus might be just outside the top three. Um, uh, Crimson Clown. Oh, Crimson Clown. Yeah, yeah. it's a classic. I like I, the door unlocked. Yeah, yeah they're, I yeah, like the door it's unlocked. weird. It's like a, definitely a weird item, uh, which is like, I guess what I like about it the most. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, okay. So but for, for all three of us, this would be a top tier Gary. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yep. And when we do Are You Afraid of the Dark, sometimes we like to do uh, our own little campfire opening as they do at the Midnight Society. Did you guys prep uh, an opening? Uh, I did. Oh, good. Okay. Nice. Um, Should we hear Gary's before we do our own? Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Who's going tonight? I am. Let's fight over this later. Kristen's right. When you play a game like this... It really doesn't matter whether you win or lose. Because all you have to do is press reset. And you get a new game. And another chance. But what if it really did count? Imagine if you had to beat the game. Or the game is going to beat you. And there were no resets. No replays. And no second chances. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story The Tale of a Pinball Wizard. Which would you make of it? Good opening, mediocre. I um, thought it was fine. It was pretty on par for what Gary does. I thought it was uh pretty funny, like kind of bumbling if you really listen to the words. It's like a little um i don't know it's a little weird uh i i agree yeah it's a little weird um all right well andrew do you want to get the campfire started sure sure um mine's pretty short video games are becoming more realistic all the time but what if a game was so real you couldn't find your way out and also it was controlled by an insane antique dealer submitted your for your approval you know yeah yeah I'll save my title. Oh, just save your title. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Yeah, yeah. Short, succinct. Yeah. 
definitely gets into a uh, a, a plot of uh, Mr. Olson being maybe insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Justin, you wanna you wanna give it a go? Yeah, I feel like mine's gonna be like the Gettysburg Address after hearing that one. <laughs> it's not it's not much longer, but it's <laughs> the Gettysburg it's Address was only two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was very brief, so I, I think that was very concise. <laughs> okay. All right, so this this is definitely going to be like a period piece of like when this episode aired. It's not going to speak to current times. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Everyone knows that malls are the place to be. Friends, food, shopping, there's something for everyone. One of the hottest places to be seen in the mall is at the arcade. You can wow your friends and onlookers with setting untouchable high scores that will stand the test of time. Quarter after quarter, the fun feels like a never-ending dream. But what if that dream turns into unlimited levels of a nightmare? And that game turns into a fight for your life. Oh. Yeah, that and was submitted, good. Submitted for the yeah. approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story the pin- Tell the Pinball Wizard. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Yeah, that, was, that might be better than Gary's. <laughs> I would say definitely better than Gary. That's, That's probably cool. the biggest compliment I've ever got. Better than Gary. <laughs> well, it depends who it's coming from. If Chris is saying it, it might be him. <laughs> That's like his yeah secret way of pretending <laughs> like he's complimenting you. Yeah. Uh, very nice. Okay. All right. It's fun to play games. Do well, and you win. Screw up, and you can start over or reset the game. But what if there was no start over? What if you couldn't reset? What if you couldn't turn it off? What if you had to play the game forever? What if you couldn't power down? What if there was no last level? What if there was no end? What if there was no second chance? What if there was no game over? I call this tale Tale of the Pinball. Yeah. Okay. Very good. <laughs> I feel like that was just the gist of Gary's, which yeah, is yeah. <laughs> repeating, repeatedly saying the game can't end. Yeah. 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 That was good. I, I think that I think that did justice to the episode, though, because I feel like af- after listening to you answer ask those questions, I was feeling like anxious, like you were asking me questions, and I'm like considering, like, ah, oh, yeah, what if and. Really, kind of like started to bring some terror. <laughs> oh my god! Every scenario gets worse. Um, it's yeah, like twenty twenty. <laughs> Pinball Wizard is uh yeah, it's definitely a twenty twenty episode. Um, well, uh, yeah, like I said, there we've already talked about November of nineteen ninety two. Do you guys want to jump into Pinball Wizard? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, at the Midnight Society campfire, David is playing with his Game Boy when Eric walks up and resets the game. But before he can start again, Frank snatches it away and Kristen gets annoyed that they're all so obsessed with it. Come on, come on. I've almost got the key. I just, I just need a few more points. And, and I'm finally getting it. Hey, hey, what's this button do? It resets the game. Oops, Sorry. Excellent. You get the key yet? No. I may never get it. 
piece of cake. I'll show you. <laughs> I don't see how you guys can get so into these dumb games. I mean, they are just games. Just games? They're like the battle between good and evil. You've got to be smart and fast and always think three steps ahead. And most of all, you've got to have a lot of patience. As Gary explains it, with a game like that, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. <laughs> but he wonders, what if there was a game with no resets and no second chances? <laughs> yeah, that that does. Uh, yours does echo that. Yeah. Game Boy at this point, what, 1992? It's been out for a couple years. Yeah, that's around the time I got it. it. Was I feel like ninety one, but I think it, I think it was out maybe late eighties, early nineties. Oh, okay. Yeah, Not actually, sure. right at the tail end of eighty uh, nine. Any other thoughts about that Game Boy? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was looking back. I was trying to uh, see if I could figure out which game it was. So I was looking really closely at mm. it, and maybe it's because I've gotten older and bigger but it looked it looked uh large like it looked yeah. larger than the game Boy familiar with uh it did look kind of big uh the first one is extremely large but uh i don't know it did look very big in this episode strange um so ross campbell is the kind of kid who can take care of himself gary narrates but this afternoon he's going to go too far to get what he wants on his way into the mall, Ross spots some change at the bottom of a fountain, and as he fishes it out, he's accosted by an old woman who wants it for herself. <laughs> this is a very brash way to start this episode. Yeah. This woman really startled me. Give it to me! It's mine! No way! Yeah, but I saw it first! Yeah! Hey! What's going on down there? Ah, uh, here, you need it more than I do. You stay right there! You weren't expecting that? I mean, I've seen it before, but I feel like every time I watch this episode, I'm, no, I, I, who's expecting <laughs> a homeless woman to accost a teenage boy in a fountain in a mall? Yeah, yeah. The way she's dressed she is looked kind like of... She, yeah. <laughs> she looked like she walked on the scene of uh, Batman Returns. I was like, <laughs> she looked like, like Tim yeah. Burton. I don't know. Yeah. Before. Yeah, she looked... Yeah, she looked a little out of place, and I, I still don't really understand. Are they? I mean, are they trying to set us up here to think this is the witch, or? Uh, I think it like the same person like is the witch in the game eventually. Okay. okay. All right. So it's like all the game players have like a, you know, their alter ego in the real world. Right. Um. Did you guys ever fish for change in a fountain? Uh, I don't think so. I remember wanting to, but I don't think I ever actually <laughs> ventured into it. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right um, there with you. <laughs> yeah, er- early on, he uh, when he walks into scene, he is uh, checking the payphones for quarters, and I do definitely oh, remember yeah. doing that. Yeah, checking to see if there was any change. Yeah, that's one of those weird things where I feel like I'm not sure I ever found anything. Like, I feel like I just saw it in something like this, and then it became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really popular in movies for people to hit the, like, hang-up uh, thing, yeah. and then a coin to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had that experience. Although no. I've not seen a payphone in a couple decades. <laughs> That's true. Um, 
so a security guard spots them fighting, but Ross manages to escape to Olsen's antique store. The, the, the security guard spots them from the third floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good security guard, folks. Yeah, eagle-eyed. Oh, yeah. Um, Ross has been bugging Mr. Olsen for a job, but the old man is reluctant to hire a kid whose only talent is playing pinball all day. Hey, Mr. Olsen, you thought about it? Thought about what? The job. I want the job. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to hire any more kids. Come on, Mr. Olsen, I'd work cheap. Besides, you could use a talented guy like me around here. To do what? Play pinball all day? It's the only talent you've shown me. Hey, Mr. Olsen, that's cool. I got plenty of talent, and you can trust me. You never have to fire me like you did Steven. I like uh, this name for this, Mr. Olsen. It's like a perfect name for this character. Um, also, he's, he's a confusing character, though. I hope we really get into him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I didn't really ever know. I mean, maybe you guys did. I didn't know anyone that was like that into pinball uh, growing up. Like, I feel like we had kind of moved on to video games by that time. Yeah. Yeah, even like the local arcades, usually the pinball machines were relatively unplayed and yeah. uh, people were playing like NGM, Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah. My friend bar and they have a bunch of pinball machines now it seems like to me at least in my lifetime and my my experiences where i live seems like pinball is bigger now than it was when i was growing up like maybe it's a nostalgia thing but i see a lot more play pinball where there's pinball machines than in the past yeah it does seem to have had a resurgence kind of Um, for sure which is cool it's an interesting choice just story-wise in this episode that you know I guess spoiler alert that he's going to get stuck in the pinball machine. But um, oh boy, <laughs> we, I mean that's a spoiler alert. That's like the, we don't know that until the last instant of the. Episode. No, I'm saying he gets sucked into it. I don't think we know this for sure though until the last yeah, moments no, of the episode. No, he no he has like an affirming moment like halfway through it, going like, "Oh, I'm in the game." Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Um. I think anybody listening knows this kid gets stuck in the game, but <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say. Um, I feel like when he said that, though, I, I took it as more metaphorical than literal. So until that very end scene, I really don't think, you know, he's trapped inside the actual uh, table or whatever it's called box. Oh, OK. All right. I just thought it was weird that they used a pinball machine for it because pinball machine is not the type of machine that getting stuck inside a game I would think of. Yeah, that is strange. Like the world that he goes into, it's not like a video game where it's like, you know, the world already exists in there. It's like, yeah, the pinball machine's like a mechanical thing. There's not, there's not like characters floating around (laughs) inside a pinball machine. Um, yeah, just a strange choice. Um, as Mr. Olson works on a box full of wires, Ross discovers a pinball game he's never seen before hidden under a tarp in the back. Um, did you notice this Mr. Olson, like working on this weird thing? It's like nothing. I think Yeah, the bottom (laughs) of it. Yeah. (laughs) Looks like a TV (laughs) flipped upside down with like a bunch of wires sticking out of it, I guess. But I don't know. Um, but before he can check it out, Mr. Olson snaps at him and banishes him to the front of the store. 
Ross plays a quick game on one of the other machines, and soon the old man announces he's closing for lunch. Seeing this as the perfect opportunity to prove himself, Ross pleads with Mr. Olson to let him watch the shop. Mr. Olson reluctantly agrees, but he warns Ross to keep his hands off the merchandise, especially the new game in the back. As soon as the old man leaves, Ross steps into the back and uncovers the pinball machine. Yes. <laughs> Which looks um looks like a school project. <laughs> I, I kind of love how it looks because it's so odd. Like it almost looks like it was a pinball machine made before like the earliest pinball machine or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping for a little backstory on the machine. Um yeah. cuz it just, it looked out of place like it had a story like it was from a long time ago um maybe even like that would have been a good place for like sardo to like interject <laughs> like you know i was i was hoping yeah. that we were going to get something like he got it from sardo and be careful because so and so but there's really no explanation of it yeah, yeah that was a missed opportunity i do like the idea that you're coming from sardo's shop that's, yeah, I mean, I just want to, like, hear more about the machine. That's a great... I mean, that's the thing point. about Mr. Olsen. It's just... He doesn't read as evil, necessarily, until... But he doesn't... <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't... I just can't make heads or tails of him. Hmm. He seems like a legit shop owner. Yeah. He is giving Ross a chance to prove himself on this lunch break. Yeah. He's, like, one of these... Uh... I don't know. I feel like I recognize his character kind of. It's like the guy who's like uh, has a code or something, but is willing to uh, like do evil things if somebody doesn't like live up to that. If someone plays my pinball machine, I'm going to mess you up. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's almost like the keeper of this machine. Um you can't really like it's almost understood that he knows you know that there's something with it but like what does he get out of this like why like <laughs> almost are you for the dark episodes um the, the mastermind behind it like earns like you know eternal life or something for getting <laughs> these kids these pixels there's yeah. almost no payoff to like this machine at all <laughs> other than it makes for cool visuals <laughs> Yeah, it's just a way for Olsen to get his rocks off. I mean, he, yeah, I like, nothing in it. I like that. He's just such a lunatic that he, <laughs> this is just what he loves to do. Punish bad employees. This is... <laughs> and is that uh, what happened to Steven? Like, did Steven play it? The other kid that they were talking about? Oh, boy. Did Who you mention what Steven? happened to Steven? <laughs> no. Yeah, they. this comes up in the shop of, you know, Steve, he got rid of Steven because Steven couldn't, you know, uh, do a <laughs> good job. Yeah. He couldn't cut it. And uh, I think definitely Steven, I think, is must be in some other pinball machine or something. I kept <laughs> expecting that we might run into him. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That would have been a good character to have inside the pinball machine. <laughs> Steven with like cobwebs on himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuck in the sports goods store. <laughs> oh, man. Um, a Ross inserts a quarter and starts playing, and the camera shows Mr. Olsen smiling to himself outside the <laughs> shop. <laughs> what a weirdo. For a good shot. Yeah. 
I was surprised that they did that, actually. I didn't remember that moment. Um, yeah, just so you know that, like, there's something slightly off about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, soon Ross hears the desk bell ringing, and he walks up front to find a beautiful girl waiting at the counter. Uh, hold on, I'm coming. Is Mr. Olsen here? Uh, no. Can I help you? I left my music box here. It's supposed to be ready today. It is? Oh, yeah, sure. It is. Um, uh, must be around here somewhere. The girl introduces herself as Sophie and says she'll come back when Mr. Olsen is there. When Ross hears some bleeping in the back of the store, he remembers the pinball game waiting for him. He plays long enough to reach the third and final level, but ultimately the game beats him. Mr. Olsen? By the time he's done playing, the mall is abandoned and he's locked in. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this montage for a second. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it like is. It. Uh, it's you know, it's pretty. It's pretty well done considering the fact they never actually show you the pinball machine. Like yeah. they don't actually show. They show you uh, the decorations, but they yeah. never show you the game. And it feels like uh, kind of good for Are You Afraid of the Dark for putting together something where uh, it felt intense, kind of, but you actually never see what's happening. That's true. I hadn't even put that together until you said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. These shots of his face, like uh, like he's really sweating it, trying to <laughs> get to that third floor. Boy. Yeah, he's been there for hours, just working his butt off. And I do think it was effective also, at like showing yeah, a lot of time passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mall, the mall after closing, there's something. There, that's just a great setting. Yeah. The and moment he walks that. out of the store and all the lights are off, it feels like a great "Are You Afraid of the Dark" moment. For sure. Yeah, especially at the time where that was occurring, like because. Like I was saying, back in the time where this came out, you went to malls, there were people there. Um, you would always wonder to yourself, well, I wonder what this is like when nobody's here. Yeah, um, yeah. We would later find that out, what that feeling's like as, you know, all the stores started closing. And Yeah. yeah. I just assume that this is what happens in malls after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Insane, crazy. <laughs> what if what if my whole life i just assumed this was true (laughs) (laughs) that would be surprising (laughs) probably other a lot of other problems (laughs) i probably would yes um one of the payphones starts ringing and a voice on the other end asks him if he has an umbrella as quarters rain down on the fountain Hello? Who's there? Look, I'm watching this. Got an umbrella. Uh, I love this. Quarters raining down. Like, something yeah. about it is really satisfying to look at. I was going to say, that was one of the few notes I had. I, I took like five notes, and I really liked yeah. that visual quarters raining, and just, I don't know. It just. That's one of the things I remember most. Um, before this weekend, I, I haven't rewatched this episode in a long time. 
because I've felt like so close to the episode back when it was originally in syndication and remembered it so vividly. And this is one of the reasons why it was just the scene here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think are you afraid of the dark gets enough credit for its kind of production considering that I'm, I, I, I assume that they're working on a pretty low budget. Uh, their production is good. Like the lighting in are you afraid of the dark is always really good. I was watching this and you know, the lighting is just majestic. Uh, <laughs> I think Are You Afraid of the Dark, especially when they get to work with a set like this, you know, where they're just kind of in this real big place. Um, I think of like the hatching to uh, there's something about it that just feels I don't know. I love it. I love the way this episode feels. And especially for the entire first season, you know, they're it's kind of like a trial run and all the episodes were you know, really well done with probably not the same budget that they had going forward after it became successful. Yeah. yeah. Even something like the money falling from the ceiling. It's just so simple, but it's crafty and it feels bigger than it is. Yes. Like everything on Are You Afraid of the Dark feels like the people making it were like constantly trying to do the best with the least. Yeah. And succeeding. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's great. So as Ross stuffs his pockets with quarters, a couple of strange guys in suits grab him, and he accidentally <laughs> rips one of their hands off. These are robots, yeah? Like silver-painted <laughs> Salvador Dali. <laughs> it's, they're uh, like, they're um, credited as robot zombies. Yeah. Um, you, are you familiar with uh, Vinny from Spaceballs? Vinny? I mean, I know Spaceballs. <laughs> There's a character yeah. in Spaceballs named Vinny, and this this character, these these oh. robots look just like Vinny. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> when, when I originally watched this, this didn't occur to me, but as I've, you know, gotten more into mythology and stuff like that, and, you know, sci-fi and conspiracies, um, there's the are you guys familiar with the men in black, not the Will Smith movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like the idea of like these guys in black suits come up when there's like a conspiracy or something happens. They don't want you to know about. Yeah. Um, and rewatch. That's what I thought of as I saw these guys come out was that there was this mm. big cover up or the traditional men in black. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Ross is approached by an army of these robot zombies, but when they stop short of grabbing him, he discovers that they can't touch water. Meanwhile, on the next floor, Sophie is being attacked by the sheriff, and she tosses her key down to Ross, telling him to get the tiara from the vault. Into the water. Help! Help! Sophie! The robots surround the key, but he but Ross splashes water from the fountain on them to scare them off. He runs to the locker bank to look for the tiara, and after a couple of wrong tries, he finds Sophie's headband. Um, I just want to say a couple things about this. Um, one, I really like this weird locker bank scene, uh, where like he gets splashed at first by some goop, and then yeah. the air just like blows really hard at him from the next one um just kind of a cool nickelodeon type thing uh but i feel like right here is where this episode like really starts like cramming uh like 
plot ideas in. Like every second of the episode from here is like, you kind of got to pay attention to follow the logic of it. Yeah, it definitely is easier to follow on repeated viewings. I'm sure yeah. the first time around, it, it's a little confusing. Um, and there's just so many elements uh, going on in here. Um, keeping track of the tiara slash music box slash throne. <laughs> like what does what? Why yeah, do you need yeah. one for the other? Yeah. It is a little convoluted. So the escalator to the second floor activates, and when Ross gets upstairs, he finds that his quarters have turned into marbles. Sophie leads him into the bowels of the mall, but before he can catch up with her, he runs into a witch who blows him onto the ground and steals the tiara. Ah! Another use of this wind blowing him, except this one like blows him across the mall, which is kind of a cool effect. Yeah. Can we talk about the witch for a second? Sure. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, our, our buddy Vince or Vincenzo, he sent, he sent a message today, so I want to make sure I shout him out here. Uh, he says, make sure y'all mention that the witch is one of my favorite villains. And <laughs> uh, that you can see the crew member pushing the throne in the cobwebs, which we'll get to, I guess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so there you go, Vince. Vince loves the witch from <laughs> Pinball Wizard. Is, it, is there another witch that I'm... In this episode? No, in another episode. Like, uh, not. Bookish, bookish Babysitter uh, has kind of a gnarly looking witch. Yeah. I feel like there's a witch and, that uh, looks. A twisted Claw. Oh, yeah, the old lady. Um, I feel like maybe I'm just misremembering. I feel like there's another witch that looks a lot like this one. But. I, I thought of Bookish Babysitter when I saw this one, but I, I could be off. Hmm. I, think, I think you're right. Um, but I feel like that one was like. I remember we, you guys talked about that before. I think that was like, there was one that was really overacting and was really noticeable. But I think the one in this episode did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. Well, Sophie tells Ross to get the throne. So he runs back to Olsen's, but when he gets there, he finds Sophie chained up in the back. So it's a strange, uh, uh, like teleport done by Sophie. Yeah. Another thing I'd point out here is that throughout this episode, Ross begs Sophie to tell him what's happening. And there's really a lot of time for her to do so, but she just absolutely won't. <laughs> How'd you get here? The chains, get them off. How? The key, did you get it? What key? Oh, yeah. Hurry. Are you okay? Where's the throne? Wait, what's going on? Who are you? My music box, where is it? It's out front. Who are all these people? There's no time. I need you to get me through this. Get through what? This is like a dream. Uh, I, I, does she know what's happening? Uh, she seems to know exactly what he needs to do at all times. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, I don't, but 
if you, is it fair to say this isn't really the real Sophie? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I I guess I was thinking of her as a character that only has so many. Like, she's not as fleshed out as a real person. Like, she can only give so much information, and she's a video game character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So they're confronted by a mace wielding executioner, but they escape with the throne and use its music to cause the tiara to disappear from the witch's hands. So this is kind of like, it's just upping the ante every second here. Like the tiara suddenly makes the, or I mean the uh, throne makes the tiara disappear. That's a power. I don't, it's just interesting. Uh, And how does that connect to pinball? (laughs) (laughs) How's any of this connect to pinball? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to be too critical because I do love this episode. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) But there's a lot lot of stuff in it that's just kind of fun to laugh at. Yeah. Uh, Ross manages to steal the mace from the executioner, and he uses the marbles to trip the witch. The sheriff grabs Sophie, but before he can take the tiara, she tosses it to Ross, and he uses his items to move to the third level. Let her go! The tiara! Get the tiara to the third level! He can't hurt me yet! Um, there's a good moment here where the tiara is, like, sliding across the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And he just can't catch up. (laughs) It's that wind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was gonna ask you guys uh, if you knew how they did the effect of like the ter- the tiara seemingly floating in the air at one point, and he takes it. Uh, do you know how they did it? No, I have no idea. I just thought it was really well done. Like it really looks like it's floating, <laughs> and he takes it. It's not like shaking or anything. Like it would be if it was on a string or something. You know. I laughed really hard at that scene because they're like um, having a conversation and it's like, oh, look, like it's off in the distance, but they take one step and it's just right beside her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how they did that, though. Maybe they overlapped. They're really in Are You Afraid of the Dark? They're really good at um, uh, like making people disappear. Even in this episode, when some people get sprayed, you know, they kind of vanish. Yeah, that's true. I think they use overlapping effects, maybe. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, it do, like all the effects do seem like they're too well done for this show. Like for a kid yeah. show, first time doing it. It's like everything's like at it's like everybody's doing just the t- their top work. I, I totally agree. I, I'll say it again. The show for 1992 looks majestic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ross suddenly realizes that everything that's happening is just like the pinball game and that all he has to do is crown Sophie on the throne to end him. It's the pinball game. If I crown Sophie on the throne, I win. And it's over. be the throne. It's too small. So here's, I guess, where he discovers. Yeah. Um, when he takes the music box from its case, it transforms into a full-size throne, and he rides it across the mall. 
Um, <laughs> I love this whole sequence here. Um, even from the beginning of the throne getting big, like I rewinded just to see how they did that because I didn't notice the first time. Um, and it's really simple, but it's like super convincing, I feel like. Hmm. I didn't go back and look. What did they do? Just uh, it was just like <laughs> stop motion. <laughs> they just like moved the camera down on it, and then uh, they just like kind of moved the camera onto it in such a way that and shook the camera to make it <laughs> seem like something was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you guys said uh, you can see somebody behind the throne. I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, you didn't. You haven't watched this before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying this moment. I I, I guess not. Any anytime I get to it, I rewind it about ten times. <laughs> um, it's so good. It's the it's the exact moment where Ross is in the throne and he's going through the cobwebs towards the witch, oh, okay. and you can see a guy in cargo shorts and sandals <laughs> <laughs> pushing the throne. And my favorite part is that it's not. E- I mean, it's brief. But if you keep watching into the next part where the throne's sliding down the hall, you can still slightly see the guy like <laughs> behind the chair. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Some people have theorized it's DJ McHale, but he's denied it. <laughs> yeah, why would it be him? <laughs> yeah, why would the director be him? <laughs> um, but before Ross can find Sophie, he runs into the sheriff, who sends him back to the beginning. Uh, this is a great, like development i mean nothing really happens but uh i do love this like idea that he got thrown back to the beginning of the game you know yeah definitely um ross quickly climbs to the second floor but this time he uses the mace to break a case containing water guns he squirts and destroys the robots and bodyguard but the sheriff manages to knock the gun out of his hands i don't know what's going on here and i don't know what you are but if this is some kind of game, you're playing with the wrong guy. Because I never Just when it looks as if the bad guys have won, Ross reveals a second water gun, and he blasts the sheriff. <laughs> the game isn't over unless all the characters die. <laughs> and I'm still here. <laughs> you shouldn't play the game, boy, unless you know the rules. But this isn't a game. <laughs> it's real. And when it's real, you can make up your own rules. Uh, I really love um, this actor playing the uh, sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he keeps the way he says the word boy. <laughs> you can play the game if you don't know the rules, boy. I, I don't know. I, I'll play some clips for people. Yeah, yeah. Stand back, boy. The game is over. You shouldn't play the game, boy. The the water guns um were one of the reasons that I really liked rewatching this episode because the one in the window shop uh window reminded me of a super soaker that I had when I was younger, and yeah. I just remember this really big deal as a kid. Like water gun fights and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, huge part of our, I guess, particular era of childhood. 
just seeing that super soaker even now kind of made me get excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can only imagine when I'm whatever, seven and yeah. just being overwhelmed with how cool it was. You know what? I remember seeing these and thinking like, where do I get these crazy like gold uh, yeah. super soakers? <laughs> where do I find these things? <laughs> Yeah, not not putting together that, you know, someone was paid to just paint. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sheriff transforms into a magnificent robe, and Ross crowns the new queen, Sophie. But as soon as he sets the crown on her head, he's transported back to the beginning of the game. A maniacal laugh echoes through the mall, and Ross looks up to find Mr. Olsen grinning down at him from the outside. I won! I shouldn't be back here. <laughs> you told me I could trust you, Ross. But you had to play the game, didn't you? <laughs> Hope you enjoy your free games. You'll be playing them Forever. <laughs> and Ross looks toward the escalator to find a giant pinball lining up. <laughs> In one of my one of one of like the all time Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, yes, it's it's the final frame, and it's 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 uh it's so uh dread inducing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think that uh with the episode, you could literally make like you guys were saying earlier about making the episode literally about anything other than pinball and it would still make sense. Just the fact that it's in a mall. Um, but I think the fact that they did use pinball to was, that was the payoff to have that big silver ball at the <laughs> yeah. top of the episode. Cause they could have done without the whole pinball co- concept and it still would have been awesome, but uh, that was worth it. Yeah. Oh for yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before, but I remember uh, hearing an interview with DJ McHale before, where he was so excited about this episode, they'd really kind of gone all out for it. And he told someone about the, um, that they were going to get a budget to actually kind of make this big pinball. And, uh, the guy <laughs> just looking at him like he was an idiot. And, uh, and then him feeling totally unsure as to what he was, whether what he was making was a disaster or not. <laughs> I need I need to keep an eye on Craigslist for that. <laughs> I'd like to own that. I was just wondering what uh like what it was made out of. I mean it looks like an actual pinball, yeah. but you know, it probably was made out of something simpler. Well, maybe they went all out. Maybe. <laughs> it um, weighs like four thousand pounds. They can barely get it through the mall. Um, so my question is: Is Mister or Mister Olson the actual pinball wizard? <laughs> um, I I interpreted it as Ross, but you know, so you can make an argument for Mister Olson, I guess. Like he wizarded him into the pinball machine. I mean, Ross certainly doesn't have any powers. Well, he was very good at pinball, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> what, you think he's definitely great? No, I think he's just like a pawn. You know what I mean? He's not anything. Yeah. He's not certainly not a wizard. 
Well, he did complete the pinball game. Yeah, yeah but if he was a certain per- wizardry. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about is if you realized on your second turn that even if you win, you have to start over. Would you even bother playing anymore? I mean, I think I think the scary thing is not having to is not. I don't know. How do you like, how do you occupy your time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's stop playing, right? Who cares if you die? They could do a uh, sequel to this episode where he's still in the pinball game. And it's like what his life has been like. <laughs> he's made a life, <laughs> he's made like, a life for himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's befriended the robots. <laughs> it's like Jumanji. Yeah. yeah, everything's worked out great. Him and the bodyguard are like best buds. Yeah. Um. Before we move on, uh, back at the Midnight Society, Gary passes the Game Boy back to David, who tosses it to Frank, who gives it to Kiki until it makes its way back to Gary. Here you go, Dave. Still want to give it a go? Oh, no. I think I've outgrown this. It's all yours, Frank. (sighs) It's okay. uh, You got a Kiki. No, you got it. Um, How about you got it, Gary? Whoever's got the game, just make sure the game doesn't get you. Scary stuff. Yep. That's good. Yep. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, we got like a real myth of uh, Sisyphus here. You know, just kind of <laughs> just stuck in the game. Just uh... yeah, man. I mean, it's yeah, one that's of the... a good. Actually, that's a good. Uh... Maybe he did that on purpose, like the idea of pushing the marble up the back up the escalator over and over again. Yeah. I don't know if you guys did a stray observation about this, but since we're talking about that final Midnight Society scene, did you guys notice where like Gary, I think this was the first time I recall seeing it in the series is uh, Gary breaks the fourth wall by like looking right at the camera Uh, just till next time. Yeah. That's a rare occurrence. Uh, this was actually the second time that's happened already oh. in the series. Wow. Uh, okay. Is there? Yeah. Is, so is there? Do you know the other episode he does it? Uh, it's actually Frank in the other one. Um, oh. It's man, I can't remember the episode now, but he like looks at the camera at the end and like, I don't remember the line either, but <laughs> he gives the viewers like a good like haha i got him type of thing <laughs> little uh, uh wink a little wink and nod yeah i was gonna say it was probably from the silver site because that that whole episode is kind of like that where it's kind of story outside of a story yeah uh i know this was like earlier in the in this season though uh in the first season like i was surprised to see it um that it yeah. happened that quickly uh, well, do you guys want to talk about some of the stuff that went into this? Let's do it. Sure. Hi, this is Bios, Trivia, Ratings, and Stray Observations. Um, so I took a look at uh, Mr. Olsen first. It's played by A.J. Henderson. Um, you might recognize him from The Tale of the Dark Music. Uh, Really? Yeah, he's the carnival guy oh, inside boy. the door. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back. Dark music? Oh yeah. wait, you mean does he, he, he voice? 
he voices the skeleton, maybe? Uh, I think there's, like, an actual human at one point. Oh, before okay. the skeleton. Okay. Uh, he's also done a lot of voice work, including for Maya the Bee, David the Gnome, Samurai Pizza Cats, and Arthur. <laughs> okay. Is he still alive? Um, as far as I know. I guess I didn't, uh, confirm it. Yeah, I hope he's hanging in there. Yeah. Um... I also took a look at the sheriff slash security guard. It's played by Tom Rack. Uh, you might recognize him from the tale of the Watcher's Woods. Sure, I did. Yeah. Oh, you did? Well, I looked him up too. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Uh, he helped um, write this episode. Ah, yeah, I yeah. did notice that. That's crazy. A rare double yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, he's been in 300 and the greatest game ever played, notably. I also just took a look at a few of these other characters because I figured we'll never get to see them again. Um, so the Executioner slash Wrestler slash Nutcracker, interestingly, uh, is played by Norman James, and this was his only credit. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I th- just a I guy this- living in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought this was weird, though. I noticed this before. Nutcracker is one of his uh, credits for this episode. And I, like, cannot mm. figure out who could possibly be the Nutcracker character. Um, my only guess was, like, he was cut out. Like, maybe there's deleted scenes somewhere. Yeah, I have no idea. Um... I also took a look at the witch slash bag lady. She's played by Natalie Gautier. Uh, she's had five acting credits, and this was her last one. Ah, oh, she yeah. she died after this one. Or? Uh, I don't think so. I oh. this was just <laughs> the last thing she did acting. She um, just couldn't top it, so she went out, <laughs> out, out, on, a high note. out on a high note. Yep. <laughs> Um, and I also, I finally took a look at the zombie robot, who's played by Philippe Hartman, and he's been a lot of stuff, uh, including Bad Santa 2, X-Men Apocalypse, and WWE Smackdown as the French announcer for Canada. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Never heard of any of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I looked at Tom Rack, who was a co-writer. Uh, there was three writers on this episode. Um, as you mentioned, he he's in Watcher's Woods and he plays the security guard here. Um, he, this is the only episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that he wrote, which I thought was interesting mm. uh, that they didn't call him back. Uh, he did he didn't do a lot of writing. He's mainly an actor. The only other thing I could find was he wrote a short in the 1980s called Where Are My Lovelies, um, and I mentioned that because he wrote that short with the other co-writer of the episode, uh, a lady named Louise Lamar. And this is also her only Are You Free of the Dark? So they must have been like oh. a writing team. And this, they, I don't know. This is the only one they came in for. Um, and she's done nothing. I mean, uh, this is her only Are You Free of the Dark? And otherwise, it's, she's directed, I think, two shorts. Uh, and hmm. I haven't seen, there's nothing beyond 2010. Um, so I'm not sure, huh. but kind of, kind of strange that they just came in for this episode. Yeah. And pretty good, uh, pretty good for being the only writing credit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and of course this uh, episode is directed by our boy DJ McHale, who does a fabulous uh, job here. Yeah, nailed it. Totally. Um, this is the first time I think ever that I have more trivia than stray observations. Wow. Um, you want to get into trivia? Let's do it. You know, this episode has one thing that happens in a lot of TV shows that drives me nuts. Um, the Game Boy is like, there's no reset button on a Game Boy. You know, oh, there's no yeah. way to reset it. Like that stuff. It's like you could have solved this by just playing with it for 30 <laughs> seconds. You know. uh, well, Tom Rack's a busy guy. He was, yeah. he was also acting on the episode. <laughs> it's true. Um, there is a such thing as three-level pinball machines, but they're very rare. There's been very few of them made because they're so cost-prohibitive. Hmm. Um, I didn't even think about this, that. Oh, yeah, I, you know what, the reason I looked it up is because I thought, um, I wonder if they, like, didn't understand this so much that they were talking about levels in pinball games, but, yeah. you know, turns out levels are a significant pinball feature. Oh, okay. Um, the episode was filmed at Rockland Shopping Center, Quebec, Canada. Oh, how'd you find that? I looked all over the place. Oh, it was uh, in the end credits. Oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Rockland Center? Rockland Shopping Center. Where at? Uh, Quebec. Quebec? Hold on. <laughs> I want to see if it's still open. Oh, I think I looked. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, yeah. well, it's temporary, cl temporarily oh. closed. Yeah. But otherwise, oh yeah, it's open, folks. <laughs> we got Take any listeners in the... To... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it looks just like the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. There's Mr. Olsen's. <laughs> yep, Olsen's is still in there. <laughs> Actually, it looks a lot... I mean, they, they've, uh, they've redone it. It looks really nice. <laughs> I've been planning a trip to that area, so maybe I'll have to hit that up. I was oh, actually wondering while I was watching that where the mall was, if it was still functioning. I guess another thing about that mall, too, is I was paying attention to the stores, and none of them looked uh, recognizable to anything that I've ever seen in a mall. Like, no yeah. chains. I don't know if those were, like, the actual stores of the mall, or um, they just had to change things for legal, legal re reasoning. I assume they were the actual stores, and because a lot of it just looked like French, so maybe we were, mm -hmm. maybe not stuff that would be in the U.S. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that's a good exp explanation. Um, but good find. That's uh, I'm happy you found that yeah. trivia because it was really driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, if we wanted to drive there, hold on, how long would this take? Well, that can't be right. Hold on. <laughs> uh, it would take us about nine hours to drive there. Hmm. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm going to pass. Quick 18-hour trip to <laughs> round trip. You drove from where to come here? <laughs> yeah, I bet you the fountain's not even there anymore. Probably. Yeah. Um... 
couple more things. The water guns in this episode. Uh, the big one, I'm pretty sure, is the Super Soaker 200. And the small one, I just could not confirm for sure. I want to say it's the 30 or the 50. Those both look sort of like it, but it still looks kind of different. Yeah. I'd also pulled I pulled stuff up. I couldn't figure out the little one. I think it's a 50. Mm. Yeah, it does look a little more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. This is uh, a certain character's last episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Do you guys know who this is? A, a, a Midnight Society member. Is it Eric? It is Eric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Eric. Yeah. So long, uh, Eric. Let's see ya. <laughs> he was okay, I guess. Yeah, he's fine. Okay, well, let's see. Some of the trivia I found here, uh, just from online, it says, uh, according to DJ McHale, this was the most difficult episode in the series to produce and took the longest time to film. Um, wow. He said that uh, they actually pleaded with the crew to break union rules and work an extra day. They unanimously agreed to work a day of overtime to help finish the episode. Wow. So I guess that's why you got people sprinting behind the throne. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nutcracker disappeared. There's no time for that. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, this, st- this story is told by Gary, who's played by Russ Hall. And coincidentally, his, his character is also named Russ. Yeah, very... Very interesting. <laughs> well, uh, shout to Gary. Yeah, I think a little homage. Felt like he wanted to get his real name in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems uh, seems kind of strange that they would not think of that. So it must have been conscious. Yeah. Um, I think you said the rest of the stuff. So let's do stray observations. Yeah. You mentioned this already, but I just want to note again that this entire episode is in the mall. Like, not one scene is elsewhere. Uh, And I think they just nailed it. Like, I didn't even really think about it. Uh, Like, that this kid doesn't... That they don't show his life outside of this mall setting. But um, it works. I think it totally works, yeah. There, I don't really have any stray observations, but I think that I have a lack of an observation or a lack of <laughs> something I didn't see. Were there other shoppers in the mall? I can't recall seeing anybody else before mm. all the, the game started. Other than, you know, when Sophie came in. I think, yeah. um, I think when um, he's being chased by the security guard, uh-huh. I, I feel like I remember seeing extras. But I think yeah. they do their best to show you to make it... I, I think the shots are... <laughs> framed as to not have to need extras yeah that's interesting though um that's like another like instance where they made the most out of probably having the least you know yeah definitely um they used all the extras on the robot men (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well, real fast, I guess it's uh, I, I maybe you guys can confirm this for me. The the crown in the episode definitely changes throughout. Is that because he leveled up, mm. or is that an error? Huh. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, it go. I mean, it's like distinctly different. It goes from being an all silver crown yeah. to a crown with like red and blue diamonds in it. 
Well, maybe it did level up because didn't it start out as like a headband out of the locker? So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So maybe maybe wow. each, each level it gets more prominent. Kind of like the throne too, right? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty I... subtle. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> Uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, we can hear like somebody calling over the loudspeaker. They ask for the parents of this person to come to the information counter. Uh, I have no idea. I I didn't catch it, but I want to say Steven, because he might be in the machine already. No, but that would have been <laughs> very good. <laughs> like, they're searching for Steven. He's missing. Um... <laughs> Actually, the name... Not have been a nice Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. Um, the name they give is Tippy Bell. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed that. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, what time does Mr. Olsen take lunch? You know three? this one, Justin? Yeah, three, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> three o'clock? Yeah. Not, not, not ideal. No, no. Absolutely um, while we're talking about Mr. Olson's lunch, how long does he take for a lunch break? One hour? Yep. <laughs> but he didn't even he didn't even wait ten seconds to start playing the machine after he left. Like he was still I know. he could have gave him like two minutes to, you know, get to where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> like often people yeah. come back. The uh did you catch Ross's score when he gets to the third level of the pinball game? Was he in the one millions? He is in the one millions, yeah. I want to say like 1.9 something. No. No? It's uh, 1,201,210. Okay. Dang. <laughs> Seems high. I guess he is the wizard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you have it. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Um, when the, when he's in the game, the payphone rings, did you, do you happen to remember what the uh, guy on the other end of the line says to him? Um, yeah, I think I mentioned it, like, uh, if he has an umbrella. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You better have an <laughs> got, got an umbrella. <laughs> That's the sheriff, I guess, calling. Oh, you think so? I, I... Oh, unless it's, uh, oh man, unless it's Mr. Olsen putting quarters yes, into the machines. I freaking love it. It's Mr. Olsen. He's pulling the strings. He's man. mocking him. Um, my last one. Uh, did you notice, this is just like an observation, uh, the police helicopter kitty ride and the round benches inside the mall. Uh, like light up as Ross gets close to them, like kind of like bumpers inside a pinball game. Oh, that's cool. No, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, well, I did try to spot as many shops as possible in the mall. Did you guys mm. happen to gather any of the names of the stores? I didn't even try. I tried to. I was watching a very, uh, a version that wasn't so clear. I couldn't make any of them out. Okay. What what I what I was able to see is uh Mia, Sports Experts, Less uh Le Five Seasons, Vogel, West Coast, Gigi, LA Inuit, Stokes, HMV, 
and Aventure. Jeez. Mm. That was a lot more than I anticipated. Uh, okay, well, um, this episode has a 9.1 out of 10 on Whoa. IMDb. And actually, really odd, doesn't have a score on TV.com. It, I don't think there's a page for it, which is, I guess, the main thing. But uh, 9.1 out of 10. So uh, what did you give The Tale of the Pinball Wizard out of five Crip Stars? Um, this was... Man, I almost gave this a lower rating than I finally landed on. I finally gave it a 4.25. And I knocked it for just like being like when I was really paying attention to what was going on. It's just a little bit kind of incoherent. Um, Also, though, now that we've talked about it, I I do give it more credit for the detail, like story details. also though i remember being at like as a kid and it's kind of applies now too um i felt like i wanted a video game episode and it wasn't quite that um just like a little clunkier but having said that uh i really like this episode uh in spite of all its flaws it's like really fun and really fast paced um just a lot of great details and super memorable great characters um so that's it cool um well i think i finally landed on a four um it's i love the episode it's one of my favorites um i would say it would be in my top 15 um but it would be towards the back end of that um and that's no knock on the episode i love a lot of things about it i just it's my favorite, probably my favorite show of all time. And uh, there's a lot of episodes in that, in that top 15 that it'd be hard to, to maneuver around. So I think it's, I think a four is really solid um, yeah. for that episode. I really enjoy it. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to stick with it, even though I know maybe, maybe it's too high, but I, I'm giving this a 4.5. Um, yeah. I, re- I really, I just, I really like this episode. There's something, there's something about the setting that feels just like very fun to return to even now, uh, 25 years later. And, um, it's kind of the rare, are you afraid of the dark episode? That's not necessarily a classic scary story, but it feel it still feels like, like iconic. Are you afraid of the dark to me? Yeah. Um, it's it's just a very well made adv- an adventure. Um, it's really brisk. I mean, the episode to me really flies by, and I can't overstate how much I love um, downer endings. And are you afraid of the dark? I mean, they happen from time to time, but this one feels very stark, kind of um, kind of just definitive. Sometimes it's a wink, you know, like the end of some of the are you afraid of the dark episodes is a wink of oh their hand popped out. You know, is the virus gone or? Yeah. Um, but this one, this one feels very in your face of now this kid is doomed. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point that we didn't talk about the downer ending. Um, it feels kind of like, uh, time enough at last twilight zone ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's just like the character is just stuck. Like yeah, that's definitely. the horror that they're just, can never <laughs> escape this reality. Yeah. Right. 
exactly. Wasn't this similar to to Super Specs ending, which is in the same mm-hmm. season, yeah. where they're kind of trapped in the in the um the crystal ball, I think. Yeah, the crystal ball. Yeah. And the same similar kind of rules too, of like someone looking in at them. Ah, uh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Also, a Gary story. Ah. Uh, hmm. Gary. Wow, that makes that's interesting. Yeah. If he was real, it would be, uh, it would make sense. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do you guys want to name the episode? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I had a hard time with this. Not thrilled with my title, but I went with the tale of the Game Boy. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to shoot you. straight with you, Andrew. I don't think it's your best. <laughs> uh, you know, it, uh, I'll. My one defense of it is that um, they have the Game Boy at the beginning, so it's like you know, <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, got yeah. that connection. <laughs> okay, I take it back. I like it. <laughs> uh, would you have Justin? This one is was really hard. I usually play along at home with the uh, name the episodes, and I'm usually pretty mm. proud of what I come up with. But I really didn't think I'm not too. I have one, and I have an alternate that I'm not really proud of either. Um, but I think uh, kind of playing on the nostalgia and the the, the game and stuff. Uh, I went with uh, the tale of Mall Madness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So. Yeah, I mean it's kind of straightforward and kind of a play on the other the the board game that was out back in the day, but uh, I wasn't too thrilled with it. This was a hard one. Um, I mean that that's good. That like feels like a real "Are You Afraid of the Dark" title. I feel like definitely. Um, like I'm almost surprised. I think that I, I think what. Well, I, the the reason I don't like it as much is is because it's so close to Midnight Madness, which is another episode. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, this this felt like a hard one to name, not only because, uh, well, usually they're hard to name because the actual names feel right, but Pinball Wizard doesn't even really feel right to me either. I think it's just a hard episode to name. Um, yeah. But I, end, I ended up going with uh, The Tale of the Medieval Mall. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like not my, yeah. No, it's not my best. <laughs> Uh, it makes sense though, like with the medieval yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so go back around. Um, the tale of the Game Boy, the tale of Mall Madness, and the tale of the medieval mall. We'll post those, and you guys can vote. Uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I think that rounds out the tale of the pinball wizard, an episode that I've really been looking forward to talking to, and I've really enjoyed talking about. Yeah, fun to watch again. For sure. Um, Well, uh, what are we doing next, Andrew? Uh, We're going to finally finish off our list of viewer picks uh, with Clarissa Explains It All, Brain Drain. Yeah, Uh, one that I have not seen in a very long time, but uh, I'm excited to recheck out. Definitely. Definitely. You have any feelings on brain drain, Justin? 
I love it. I love Clarissa. Those are uh, those are some episodes I look forward to revisiting. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to get a hold of us about either Pinball Wizard or Brain Drain or whatever, uh, you can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can hear us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Podbean. Uh, leave us a review that helps other people find us. Uh, and we're always really grateful for that. And speaking of grateful, uh, Justin, uh, we've we've heard from you in clips that you've sent into the shows, but we've never had you on for a full episode and loved having you and uh, really thankful that you've stuck with us throughout, throughout the uh, last couple of years. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I'm, I had a blast. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to the two guests you had on last week uh, for Didi's haircut. They really did a great job and it was really entertaining. So um, I had some big shoes to fill, so I hope I didn't put anybody to sleep. <laughs> You did awesome. No, yeah, Lyndon, yeah. Lyndon and uh, Alexandra were great. Uh, I mean, part of the fun of this is just getting to talk to some of the people that uh, have the same passions that we do and uh, bring kind of their own unique insights. So, loved having you. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very Pleasure. much. I'm always, always down to participate. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see you guys next game. <laughs> Good one. I lost all my friends. I can't sleep for bad dreams. I dream about an old truck and a pinball machine. I never will forget the last words that that old man said. Oh, Lord, if I could live my life over. And then he fell dead. They tell me John is a clean-cut young man at the age of 19, but now he's in his grave, a victim of a big old truck and a pinball machine. Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, my dog's growling. Go on. Go on. Get out of here. This, <laughs> I don't think this will be in the episode. <laughs> hey, buddy, go on. Oh, sorry. We might have to stop again if he gets agitated. <laughs> if he gets agitated. <laughs> Um, what were we, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, 